Well, if I'm being really honest, I would say that I've had a very difficult week. I know the challenges are mounting for many of you as well. It's been a hard week in the middle of a very hard year. To be honest with you, I'm just feeling a bit weary. I'm feeling weak. There are people that I know and love who are sick. I'm in a building right now all by myself. I wish you were here with me. I wish the whole body of Christ was in here celebrating, worshiping, connecting. But here we are, and such as it is in the year 2020. I'm feeling a bit weary. I'm feeling a bit weak, to be honest. And I've been thinking all week about one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 8, verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. You know, most years of my life, when I think about, when I read, when I meditate on that scripture, it's been a lot easier to wrap my mind around it. Usually when things are going well, when I'm feeling in a strength position, but when a little bit of discomfort comes, I can say, all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. But I'm beginning this week to understand a little bit more the depth and meaning and the invitation that is in a scripture verse like this. Most of the Bible was written during tremendous hardship, worse than what we're experiencing right now. Most of the Bible was written to people who were weary, people who were feeling weak, not strong. In fact, in verse 26 of Romans 8, it says, it gives the context for this profound scripture. Romans 8 verse 26 says this, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So it's precisely at a time like this when we're feeling weary, when we're feeling weak, when we're feeling downtrodden, when we're feeling disappointed, that the Spirit offers His help. This is where we find God often, is when we acknowledge our weakness. I once heard a man years ago say that he wishes he knew where God's office is. He knows where the pastor's office is. He knows where the doctor's office is. He knows where the therapist's office is. He just wished God had an office. He could go knock on the door. He wished he knew where God's office was. And another pastor friend told him, he said, we know where to find God's office. We find God's office right there at the end of our rope. It's true. That's often where we discover God anew is at the end of our rope, at the end of our resources, at the end of ourselves. On a week like the one I've had this week, I have discovered that in a scripture like this, there's an invitation to discover God, to discover the Holy Spirit, to hear him say this, this is what I'm offering you, strength for your weakness. I remember that childhood song. Maybe you sang it as well. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. If I could be so bold, I would choose to amend that lyric just a little bit. I wouldn't say they are weak, referring to children, and he is strong. I would like to say we are weak but he is strong. See, it's in our weakness, it's in our vulnerability 
that we really discover what God's purposes are. That's the context for Romans 8, verse 28. For we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. The context is weakness, it's vulnerability, it's challenge. It's a year like we're having right now. That's where we discover the beauty and the truth of a word like this because we discover God's purposes in our suffering. Notice what it said, Romans 8, verse 28, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purposes, his purposes, not ours. You see, when I'm in a strength position, when everything's going well in my life, I'm thinking about my purposes. And, you know, I've noticed a lot of American Christian theology over the last century or so has been all about my purpose in life. What's my purpose? What's my calling? It's all about me. It sort of presents itself that way. But notice in this scripture, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. We are in a weakness position when we discover the purposes of God. When we're in a strength position, it's all about my purpose. But when we're in a spot like we're in right now, there's an invitation to say, God, what is your purpose? What is your purpose in this world that doesn't always offer strength to me? In this world that doesn't always offer luxury and privilege and everything sailing along smoothly. When things go wrong, when things get hard, what is your purpose in the suffering? And actually the very next verse answers that question. What is God's purpose for us in suffering? Romans 8, verse 29, it's not always quoted along with Romans 8, 28, but it's just as important. It follows right after. This is verse 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's our purpose in pain. That's our purpose in suffering, to be conformed to the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's the point of suffering. That's the purpose of pain, to be conformed, to be shaped into the very likeness, the very image of Jesus Christ. Think about this with me. Jesus Christ, above anybody else, shows that there can be purpose in pain. Jesus left his throne, his rightly deserved throne of kingship and authority in the heavenlies. And he entered into our pain. He entered into our suffering. He entered into this sin-stained world by choice. Not only that, he entered in as a, as a human, just like us. He entered in as a servant, not even the king of kings here on earth. He entered in as a servant, the lowest on the totem pole. And it goes even further than that. He entered in as a human, he entered in as a servant, and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And in that purpose, in that journey that he took from heaven to earth, to the cross, to the grave, he showed us that there can be purpose in the suffering. Because he suffered worse than any of us have suffered here in 2020. He suffered an innocent man, the death of a criminal. And there was tremendous purpose in his pain. 
because he was laying down his life for the sake of others. That's purpose. That's mission. And Jesus has done this for us through his pain. And it says right here that our purpose, when we experience weakness, when we experience pain, when we experience suffering, we can find purpose in it too. The purpose is being conformed to that image. In other words, the purpose of our pain is to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, that we might serve others in and through our suffering and our pain. He's conforming us to his image like a potter, conforming and shaping lifeless, shapeless clay into a shape, into an image, into something that you can look at and behold and think that is beautiful. That's what he's doing through us and in us in our pain. Often, we mistakenly think that God's purpose for us is to make our lives better all the time. It's to make us more comfortable. It's to get us that job promotion. It's to get our kid into the right school. This is often how we pray. Lord, make things better. And God loves doing that. He delights in giving gifts to his children. It says that in scripture. But I believe that there's an invitation that's right there for us here, guys, in 2020. And the invitation is for us to say, okay, God, what do you have for me in the pain? What do you have for me in the disappointment? What is your purpose? Conform me into the image of Christ. Because it's hard, isn't it? In our flesh, in our weakness, we often want to just complain. We often want to say, Lord, make it stop. Lord, make it go away. But the invitation is to say, God, what is your purpose? Now, there's another metaphor in here that I I find so helpful in Romans chapter 8. And you've heard me preach it before. But it bears repeating, especially in a week like we're having right now and in a year like we're having right now. And it helps me understand all of these concepts a little bit better. In the image, the illustration that the Apostle Paul gives us, he wants us to consider, he wants us to see a woman. A woman who's in pain. Let's just behold her in our mind's eye right now. Picture a woman in pain. Tremendous pain. Picture her lying on a hospital bed. That's how Paul has us picture this woman in pain. She's in medical care. She's in pain. She's writhing in pain. Now imagine we walk into that room and we see this woman writhing in pain. It looks pretty terrible. It looks like a dire situation. And we look at that and we think, oh boy, this looks really bad. I'm not sure there's much hope for her. But what if we suddenly learned that that very same woman that we were hopeless about, what if we suddenly learned something about the situation? What if we learned she's pregnant? She's in labor. She's going through childbirth. Suddenly we would look at that very same woman, that very same situation that we thought was hopeless just a moment ago, and suddenly we would be filled with hope. We would say, oh, I know why she's suffering. I know why she's writhing in pain. She's giving birth to something new, to something beautiful. New life is about to enter the situation and suddenly hope is stirred up in our spirits. The same situation, the same woman, the same pain, but one perspective was lacking hope and the other perspective was full of hope. That's actually what Paul shows us in verse 22, Romans 8 verse 22. This is the image he puts in our minds. It says this, we know that the whole creation 
has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. The whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth. You see what the scripture is inviting us to see when we look out at the world in all of its pain, in all of its turmoil, in all of its disruption, all the disappointment we're feeling in our own lives. This situation, we can look at it And we can say, there's no hope here. This is a bad situation. I don't see how this resolves. But you see what God is showing us? He's showing us that when you see that pain, when you see that same situation, know, know that new life is about to come. Jesus is coming again soon. That's what we celebrate during Advent, his first coming. But we eagerly anticipate, we hope for his second coming. So I know it looks bad out there. I know there's disappointment in here. But let's look at the pain and say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, bring that new life. The whole creation groans as in the pains of childbirth while we eagerly await our Savior. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.